Hello everyone, my name is Ravi Kumar, President at Infosys. Um, welcome to the Trailblazer series. So I have with me Luke Brownin, the mayor of uh, Hartford. You know, what uh, fascinated me about Luke Brownin is um, his diverse background. Um, you know, we spoke about Z skills in one of our past videos. I think he's a true reflection of what Z skills are. Uh, started with the US Navy Reserve, uh, went to Yale, uh, went to Oxford, then came back to Yale for a law, law degree. He was posted in Afghanistan, in, in, in India. Then he went to the Hartford Group, uh, worked, uh, worked at the Hartford Group, um, worked with the Obama administration and the Treasury Department, then came back to the state of Hartford, worked for the governor as a general counsel, and then as a mayor of uh, Hartford. Wow. What, which role did you like the most? <laughs> Um, uh, I don't know. They've all been kind of all-consuming ones, but I love my current job, and uh, and I feel like we're uh, we're making some exciting progress here. So, but I always joke this this job that I'm in right now. It feels like uh, like dog years. I feel like I get seven years older for every one I'm in it. So, <laughs> and and this is probably the most impactful one as well. Uh, I think that's right. I look mean, at uh, how much impact it can do to the society. Yeah, at least impact that you can see uh, immediately. Right. You know, I I. I was lucky to have the chance to work in the Treasury Department uh, in the first Obama term, uh, right, in the wake of the financial crisis and work on a lot of the post-crisis reforms and then worked on a lot of international uh, work uh, combating illicit finance, anti-money laundering, uh, working uh, on uh, trying to make a stronger, more transparent, uh, uh, less vulnerable uh, financial system. And that was fascinating work. Uh, and I got the chance, as you said, to work at the state level. That uh, was also you know, fascinating work, and we got to make some significant legislative change. But there is something about working at the local level uh, and about being a mayor uh, that allows you to, uh, to have an impact that you can see and to try to build a coalition and build a consensus for moving a city in a new direction. And, uh, and it's a lot of fun. I'm actually uh, talking to public service executives like you. Is, uh, governments are wired for the first 20 years of citizens and they're wired for the last 20 years of citizens. Um, and all the infrastructure around the governments is around it. But significant change and transformation happens in the middle. And many governments and many public service executives are not wired for that. Tell us a little bit about what, what you, you feel about uh, this change and what, what government should do in the middle. And that's where the change is. Yeah. I think, that's, I think that observation is right. I'm not sure there's anybody who's really doing that right, uh, uh, any states, any countries. Uh, you know, I think there are a, a lot of places that are getting better at building those partnerships between educational institutions and employers uh, and building sort of customized programs that create pipelines uh, for work. But, uh, but really getting good at lifelong learning uh, and at helping individuals with those transitions in their own lives as transformations in the economy occur. It's something that I think we uh, as, as a country and as a world are still getting our arms around. And you know, clearly uh, there are enormous changes that are accelerating as automation uh, accelerates, uh, as uh, there are uh, you know, digital-led uh, uh, transformations in industry after industry. Uh, even if you're staying in the same industry, that industry change is changing around you. So even if you're in a job uh, right now, you still have have to be focused on how you prepare uh, and uh, lay the foundation in your own life and with your own skills for the changes that are coming. And, and again, you know, I think that 
the, the beginnings of that work are happening in the conversations that we have and that lots of other haves, uh, others have with educational institutions and with companies. The other thing I would say is that uh, a lot of companies, I think, over the last uh, few decades uh, kind of got out of the business of training. Uh, they relied on others externally, educational institutions or others, to do the training for them. And I think more and more uh, those companies are finding the need to get back into the business of doing that training, doing that uh, uh, lifelong learning at the company themselves. And my sense is that that's something that Infosys uh, is uh, taking very seriously. So, so Luke, you know, looking at lifelong learning, which you, which you kind of uh, alluded to, uh, it's a joint responsibility of uh, large enterprises like us, academic institutions, and the government. And the onus is on all of us to uh, make that shift. And lifelong learning is a continuum. What do you see the role of governments there? Is it orchestrating these ecosystems, or you, you see the role of government being much higher than that? I don't really know the answer yet, but I think you know if you look at the traditional programs like you know student loan programs, which are mostly geared towards conventional degrees, and they're important. Uh, even those have fallen short because you know most students coming out are burdened with a tremendous amount of debt. Uh, but those more traditional programs are, I think, missing that middle their middle link. There's not as much uh, assistance and support and partnership for somebody who wants to go through and not get a BA or not get a master's, but get that. Uh, that training opportunity that's going to open up a new door. And that may be something that we need to take a look at as well. Got it. Absolutely. In fact, uh, Hartford has been a great example of recruiting new um, corporations to come yeah. to Hartford and getting the businesses and the academic institutions to come and help on that recruitment. Yeah. And you were a pioneer in that. When we came to Hartford, uh, the reason why we ended up here is because this ecosystem really uh, vouched for yeah. what the value of value proposition of Hartford is. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. And I, I've not seen many states doing that, no, I, many cities doing that. I, I think this is key uh, to, you know, I, I'm thrilled that we were able to get you here, and this is key to our ability to grow the way we want to grow. You know, uh, Hartford as a community has a tremendously strong corporate base. I mean, we have world-class companies in insurance, in advanced manufacturing, and healthcare. Uh, I think for a little too long, uh, the partnership between city, state, and business community uh, had, uh, had atrophied. It had, it had fallen apart. And a lot of our companies thought of themselves as companies that happened to have been founded here 100 years ago, but weren't necessarily engaged in the project of remaking and reimagining the city around them. And I think uh, one of the things we've done over the last few years is really rebuild that partnership and work together to think how we can position Hartford to be at the leading edge of the next uh, industrial and economic revolutions. And, um, and that kind of partnership in recruitment uh, is, a, is a key part of it, but also just in building the innovation ecosystem. You know, over the last couple of years, uh, we went from being a city where there really was no defined innovation ecosystem to speak of to being a place where our insurance companies uh, are partnering together uh, with Startup Bootcamp uh, and running the InsurTech Accelerator, bringing startups from around the world here. You have great manufacturing companies like Stanley Black & Decker that have moved their innovation team here and are uh, building or are running now a, uh, an advanced manufacturing accelerator uh, that's also bringing companies from around the world. Now, we're doing the same thing soon on digital health. And then you have a lot of homegrown uh, groups like Upward Hartford uh, and others that are, uh, that are doing similar work 
work to bring startups uh, and others from around the, the country, but also to, to create that community of creators and makers and entrepreneurs. And I think at the end of the day, that's what really makes a difference. But, but what's a little bit unique about Hartford is that it's happening in a place that's small enough that the opportunity to meet and to engage with and to partner with decision makers at really big companies uh, is available in a way that it just isn't in a place like New York or uh, and this or is Boston happening all in downtown Hartford. Or? It's happening uh, throughout Hartford, but the, you know a lot of it is concentrated you know right in just a few square blocks uh, in Hartford. And, and and Infosys is a big part of it. I mean I think you know Infosys coming here. Uh, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think it was partly uh, a recognition of that growing uh, ecosystem. Uh, and from my perspective, it was also a hugely important acceleration of that work. Absolutely. And I know that um, all these startups now are concentrating around the InsurTech ecosystem you're establishing. Um, is, there an, is there an enablement of capital and uh, other enabling infrastructure for the startups which the government is enabling, especially the, as a mayor of the city? So we're, we are trying to, I'm trying to use uh, my convening role, we as a city are trying to use our convening role uh, to, to do that. You know, I think this is one of the things that we have to, uh, we have to do better. The, a lot of venture capital is focused on three main geographies. You know, they're in New York, they're out in California, in Silicon Valley, and they're in Boston. And I think they sometimes miss the opportunities in places like Hartford, where you've got world-class startups, but most importantly, you've got world-class startups that are already working hand-in-hand -hand with their customers and with their major, uh, you know, incumbent partners. Uh, and so uh, working together to figure out how we help get the venture capital out there to pay more attention to what's happening here is kind of the next step of what we've got to do. So, Luke, you know, uh, I just wanted to ask you one other question, and, and it's very pertinent to Hartford. Uh, how would you attract young talent yeah. uh, to come from adjacent states um, and how, how are you, what are you doing to make Hartford vibrant enough sure. to, uh, to attract talent to, to come here? So uh, now, now you're going to have trouble getting me to stop talking um, because uh, this, this is what really gets me excited. I mean, I, first of all, I think we've got a tremendous opportunity right now because the reality is that in the largest, fastest growing metro areas, uh, people are getting priced out every day. People and businesses are getting priced out. You know, it, it's so expensive to live in a place like New York or San Francisco or Boston. Uh, and so there's a lot of momentum and movement to cities like Hartford, where you can deliver a tremendous quality of life at a fraction of the cost, uh, and where you can also become a part of the fabric of the community in a whole different way. You know, you can be part of making the place and shaping the place in a whole different way. Uh, so I think that's one of the things that, that I really pitch and sell about Hartford. Uh, it's why my wife, Sarah, and I decided to come here uh, 12, uh, 13 years ago, uh, that we saw a city with incredible history, you know, beautiful architecture, uh, beautiful parks, uh, incredible arts and cultural institutions, a great uh, company, uh, you know, great base of companies, uh, but also a place uh, that we could make home feel like we were part of in a whole different way. Uh, and then the other piece of it is, as you say, we need to make sure that it's active and vibrant enough. And what that means is people, you know. And for us, that means uh, creating enough residential density that you can feel that energy and that activity and feed on the street. Uh, we're doing a lot of work uh, over the last few years. A whole bunch of vacant commercial office buildings have been converted to residential. They've leased up like that. Uh, there's tremendous demand, and we have a long way still to go. 
but you can feel just a very different sense of energy and activity in the city today uh, than even just a few short years ago. Uh, and, uh, and that means we've got to continue that work and we need to continue to, uh, to build our innovation eco ecosystem and build our partnership with our employers. Is this becoming a partying place? <laughs> you know, I think, I think we've still got uh, some more to do to make sure that there's enough, enough nightlife, but there's a lot to do here. You know, there's, uh, I mentioned our arts and culture. I mean, we have two phenomenal producing stages right around the corner from here, the stages that throw, that, that uh, you know, create shows that go down to Broadway uh, now on a regular basis. You've got a world-class museum just down the road in the Wadsworth Athenaeum. You've got uh, the largest performing arts center in Connecticut, uh, the Bushnell Theater right across the park from here. Uh, and uh, you've got a very active and, and vibrant local arts uh, and cultural scene as well. Um, you know, we don't have uh, our, our pro hockey team anymore, uh, but you've got a lot of spirit and excitement uh, around our, our local uh, minor league teams. You know, the, the Hartford Yard Goats, uh, uh, which is a name that I didn't like at first and now I love it. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it just creates a sense of community. And in some ways, I think it's even more fun going to games like that than it is to go into a, you know, a, a 40,000, 50,000 person stadium. We've got pro soccer coming in next year, uh, Hartford Athletic uh, coming into Dillon Stadium. You've got, uh, you know, the Rangers uh, affiliate, uh, the Wolfpack, and you've got, of course, UConn sports as well. So whether it's arts, culture, whether it's sports, whether it's the breweries that are springing up in, uh, in neighborhood after neighborhood, um, there's, uh, there's a lot going on in the city uh, on any given day, any given night. And, uh, you know, uh, what we need, I think, is for everybody who's here and a part of this community, whether you live in Hartford or whether you live around Hartford, uh, to help spread the word uh, because uh, changing perceptions uh, uh, requires all of us uh, to, to do the work. I was talking to a group of people yesterday, a couple of days ago, who are uh, very involved in Hartford, and someone said, well, you're preaching to the choir. I said, yeah, but the point is we need the choir to start preaching uh, because there is a really true and powerful message about what's happening here, and, uh, and we need to all be part of uh, making sure people know about it. In pursuit of impact, young professionals uh, looking at public service, who could be this new breed of leaders um, in, in comparison to traditional uh, politicians who have come up the ranks? Um, what do you, what's your message to young professionals who want to look at public service as a high-impact platform for sure. themselves? Well, first of all, I, I always say that you know there are many ways to serve the public, and not all of them are in uh, traditional public service. I mean, you 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 build a company, you grow a company, you're doing a public service. Uh, you uh, work in the nonprofit world, and you serve others. You're doing public service. There's lots of ways to serve the public. Uh, I happen to love uh, you know the job I've got right now. I happen to, to love the ability to to help shape a community and make policy decisions, and you know encounter tough kind of knotty tangled questions of you know policy law politics uh, and 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 figure are you, it out are you looked at as an outsider or? Uh, i don't know i mean i you know i've been uh, between roles at the state and at the federal government i've been involved in government for a little while um, but I think the most important thing that I would say is you don't have to just pick one path. It, what's true in business now, which is that you can make many, many different changes and make many zigs and zags in your career, that's true uh, even if your, your passion uh, is in public service. And so I think the most important thing is just find something that you're passionate about and do it. Um, and, and as you say, you know, one of the virtues of the American public, uh, political system is 
there are lots of routes uh, to have an impact in government. And you can do it as an elected official or non-elected official. You can do it if you came up through the ranks as a civil servant or if you, you know, spent 20 years in business and then decide to make an impact, and vice versa, too, uh, which is important. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that uh, we're, we're lucky to have uh, a, a system, uh, both economic and political system, that, uh, you know, allows... In many ways, allows the lines are blurred as well. Right? That's right, and the lines, the lines can be blurred in the sense that you can build uh, skills in one, on one uh, area that can translate to another. Um, but, uh, but the other thing I would say is I, I often talk with people, young people, who say that they uh, want to get involved in public service, and they're very focused on the national level. They're very focused on what's happening in Washington, D.C. Um, but, uh, you know, back to where we started earlier, I, I personally think you can have an even more powerful and profound impact uh, working at the local level. You can, uh, you can make a difference that you can see, and that has a really uh, powerful impact on people's lives uh, in, in a really immediate way at the local level. So I encourage everybody to get involved, whether it's uh, as a full-time career or just something that they're doing in addition to their full-time career. Thank you so much, Luke. This is uh, a big bed for us, yeah. and we're very, very excited about it. Well, we're excited, too, and I look forward to continuing to work together. Thank you again. Thank, Thank you so much for coming. Good to see you.